And we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, we are just a few days away from NBA free agency hitting us. Just about a week after the NBA draft happened, a couple of rookies are now into their new homes. And now some of the current veterans in the NBA are looking for a new home as they will hit NBA offseason free agency this year. Is honestly one of the best and exciting times in the NBA as now we get to find out where some big-time name free agents will go in this upcoming offseason. Yeah, forget the NBA. It's like the, one of the best times in all of sports. Yeah. I mean, NFL offseason's okay. MLB offseason's kind of dragged out a lot. But a- NBA offseason, man, man, this is – you get all the action right away. So that's really the great part about this free agency. Um, if you remember historically, like the last couple of years when Kevin Durant got – Broken on the 4th of July when yep. LeBron went to Miami. He had these big moments leading to this. And it all happens within the first week of free agency. That's what makes it so great. Yeah, I mean, I, and you would look about it every year in free agency, whether you had, you brought about LeBron James, the quote-unquote, the decision, the Kevin Durant news a couple years back with the Brooklyn Nets. It seems there's always a big-time free agent going on the move, or even potentially staying in their home, you know, in their previous stay of their old team. And we could potentially have that in this offseason due to the fact that some of these teams are well over the cap space and they'll try to bring back those players just to try to get close to a championship. But there could be some new contenders trying to build in some, you know, pieces to get those championship opportunities. And we could see that very well soon. But before we can get into that, Andrew, we have to first talk about this year's NBA draft that just happened this past week, we saw Victor Wembanyama going number one to the San Antonio Spurs. Then the draft, you know, you could say maybe took a turn. I mean, a lot of people, especially if you're a Hornets fan, thought they were going to go with Scoot Henderson with the number two overall pick. They instead went with Brandon Miller out of Alabama, kind of where we saw that going overall. We got the first five picks in the draft overall, right? It was pick six when it all went downhill for us, though. Well, what? I will say that we got uh, eight out of ten. Pl- I'm sorry, eight out of the thirty picks going to the correct teams. Right. And if you take a look, where it was actually like, we, for example, we had guys going at eight. For example, they actually went at ten. Plus or minus three p- picks for the first twenty picks is pretty good. We had like a hundred percent accuracy for the first twenty picks in that regard. The last five to ten, not so hot. But first twenty, we were kind of. All expecting where they're going to be. The only shocker was Cam Whitworth falling to 20. There's some maturity issues and some uh, medical issues relating to his stock, but Houston got a great one at 20. Yeah, I think Houston overall had a really good, solid draft. I mean, they got Amen Thompson with their first pick at pick number four. Then they were able to get Cam Whitmore, as you mentioned, at pick number 20, falling out of the top 10. I mentioned that to you during the draft. There were rumors that he could potentially fall out of the top 10. Did not think he would fall all the way to number 20 at the end of the day. But the Rockets get both of those players, two guys that easily are top 10 players in this draft if you go about it going into the draft alone. And now they have an interesting offseason coming up because they have the best cap space available for any NBA team in this offseason. There's been rumors about them bringing back James Harden. So Houston's in a very good spot right now where they could make some noise going into the offseason and going into next year's year trying to get back into the postseason. Yeah, Houston only one of five teams with positive cap space right now. Houston by far has the most at $50 million in cap. Uh, 
a lot of big name free agents. Some of them are past their prime, but they can still give you a good couple of years towards the end of uh towards the end over here because it's not really really that young free agent. You know, that he's twenty six years old. He's about to enter his prime. You can sign him on a multi year deal. A lot of these guys are towards the end of their prime slash just getting out of their prime. But Houston can still make a big splash this uh, this free agency. Now, I want to go back to the NBA draft. Was I want to ask you a question about this draft. Any pick in particular outside of, you know, the top five, top ten maybe, was there a pick where in your mind you said, wow, this this team got a really big steal? I know you mentioned Cam Whitmore, but was there another pick in your mind that you said to yourself, this team got a really good player and they got him to fall in this draft and it really could help them down the line? Well, that is a great question. I, uh, there were so many good picks later in the draft. I will say uh, maybe Jordan Hawkins going to 14 at New Orleans. I know he was kind of slayed the go around there. He was a good pick. Uh, Jalen Hutchcafino going to the Lakers at 17, I think was a really good steal. Um, one of the top players coming into this draft, one of the top guards, and he's going to the Lakers. He can learn from LeBron. Kind they of a perfect a point situation guard too. from there. Yeah. Uh, depending on how you view upside, Derek Lively, the second going to Oklahoma City. Uh, well, go to Dallas. Picked, picked by Oklahoma City, going to Dallas. Right. Uh, he either is going to be Willie Cauley-Stein and out of the league in a couple of years, or he's going to be the next big thing at defense, depending on how you view his potential. So at 12, I think that's a home run pick because, let's face it, towards the end of the lottery, it's hard to find that all-star caliber, caliber player, and sometimes you really have to swing to hit a home run. So that, to me, has the most upside out of the last 10. But overall, I would say probably the biggest steal, I think it's Cam Whitmore still going to Houston. Top five potential to get him at 20? Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. I mean, like you said, the lively pick I liked a lot for Dallas in another sense that the fact that they could have got him at pick number 10 and the fact that they were able to trade back two slots and still were able to take him. We we noticed it all year. Dallas was really struggling in overall defense, especially inside the paint. They get a rim protector now in Derek Lively. And who knows? Maybe he is another type of player like a Ben Wallace where he can get you a lot of blocks and some rebounds. That's what Dallas really needs right now. Um, you look at some other picks. I might, you know, Grady Dick going to Toronto, I think could be a really nice pick for the Raptors as they try to build a new foundation after, you know, they're going to be losing a couple players in this offseason. It looks like maybe trading guys like Pascal Siakam and OJ Anawubi. We'll have to see what they do in the next couple of weeks. The pick I liked the most at the end of the day, and I talked about him in last week's show, potentially going to the Lakers. Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. I mentioned it last week. I think he's a really good player. Had some injury issues that realistically cost him a chance to go in the top 10, maybe even the top five in this draft. I think it'd be a really special player for this Charlotte Hornet team. And the fact that they were able to get him and Brandon Miller, that's a really good draft for Charlotte. And you could pair them up now with the mellow ball. Charlotte could be a nice, fun team in terms of youth in the next couple of years. So if everything goes right for them, things could be looking up for the Hornets. Yeah, Charlotte has huge upside potential with that Brandon Miller pick. People calling it the Sam Bowie pick already. There are uh, Hornets fans that are really upset about it. I could see why. Because I could see why, yeah. And not best pick available. But, yeah, man, if he, I really hope Brandon Miller turns out good. He has so much talent on the court. Off the court, there's some question marks. No doubt about that, but he was probably the top player in college from a prospect perspective this year. 
And if he could even live up to half the hype, he's going to be a great player. Scoot is still a, I don't want to say relative unknown, because you know he has tremendous talent. But this is kind of like a new era. Like, we always had the international players, and at first the international players were scary to draft from. Uh, when you think about when Pal Gasol got drafted, or Hakeem when he got drafted, or Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, <clears throat> lots of adversity. You really didn't know what you're getting out of the international scene. Scoot's not coming from college. He's not coming from high school or overseas. He's coming from the G League Ignite. And to my knowledge, this is really the top guy the G League has produced so far coming into the draft. So I think he's got a huge question mark to see how he's going to translate from the G League to the NBA. I don't think it's going to be a a big learning curve, but uh, when you compare it to the competition college, is it better? Is it worse? It's probably better, but you learn more from a G League system rather than going to play for the legendary head coach. Uh, previously, like uh, you went to go play for Coach K or John Calipari or Rick Pitino, you learned from them versus learning from a G League coach. Who knows? There's all these factors that go into it. But I, I think school still has a question mark in that uh, in that regard. So I don't think I would panic just yet, Charlotte. Now, the last question I want to talk about the NBA draft before we go into our next part of the show. It's going to be a two part for you, Andrew. Overall, who do you think had the best draft and who had the worst draft? Ooh, the best draft in the world. Uh, best is Houston. Okay. Best is Houston. Uh, where are some Gasseyers Orlando who had the most upside? I think I, I, I had the most you potential. Orlando a lot. And they, I like I don't know what they're Black, doing. But I, I don't know about the pick. Yeah, I'm not. You know what? I'm not disrespecting the picks. I'm disrespecting the position and the fit. Right. It's kind of like when the 76ers had Jaleel Okafor, New Orleans Noel, Joel Embiid. All these big men, all these power forwards and centers, uh, they got clowned for it. Now it feels like the Magic have seven guards. And I think the rumor now is that Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are now both in the trade block, from what I heard. And that was going into the draft. So this now confirms to me that that's going to happen eventually in the next couple of weeks, if I had to guess. But I don't know. I, I Like I said, I don't mind the players. Black and Howard are solid players. I think it's just the team that they went to. It's really tough considering, like you mentioned, they have the depth already there. It's going to be tough to try to play all these guys in the rotation and give them a certain amount of minutes to see what they have. Because Orlando is, if you look at it, a a young team that can be well-developed in the next couple of years. They won 34 games this past season. Things are on the upside potentially for this team, but I just don't know where they currently are in terms of after these two draft picks, now where they go into the offseason in terms of free agency, and where do they do? what do they do now with all these guards on their team? Where do you realistically play them at the end of the day? I wouldn't even know. Uh, they're going to look like playing pickup ball out there. They're going to run five guards and, uh, and a wing at center. Uh, mm. it, it's going to be kind of crazy, but... They have so much talent. They have mobile. They got so much talent out front too. Like I don't know what direction. I think they're just trying to stockpile guard, stockpile guards, put them in training camp. Whoever does the best, that's gonna be their guy, and they get trade the rest. I think that's literally their goal. I think they're literally just trying to like kind of do the uh, like farm point guards and find the best one, and then just roll from this at this point going forward because I, I that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. No. I. I... I'm very curious to see what Jamal Mosley does with this team. I think, like I said, you had a team that won 30 games last season. I don't think a lot of people expected them to win 30 games this past year. 
And the fact that they were able to win 30 plus is something to be looked about because you're going to see a couple teams in the Easter Conference start to be a little bit worse for the weary going into the season. And the Magic could easily take advantage of that and maybe make the play in. But I think they're going to have to make a trade, a couple trades, maybe either now or during the trade deadline, try to improve that roster and get them even better than what they currently could be. So interesting to see what they will do in the next couple weeks or maybe the next couple months. But speaking about trades, Andrew, we have to go into the big-time trades that we saw last week that were going in to that NBA draft. And got to start off with the Kristaps Porzingis trade going to the Boston Celtics, a big-time three-team deal that almost did not happen at first. Keep in mind, the original trade was for Porzingis to go to Boston, then the Washington Wizards would be involved, as well as the Los Angeles Clippers. And that trade broke through due to the fact that Malcolm Brogdon still had some lingering issues in terms of his health, and it led the Clippers to back out of the deal. So it looked like Porzingis was going to have to opt out of his contract with the Wizards and become a free agent, which would have led him to choose his own team, which... Would have not have been in Boston at that point because they would not have the cap space to get him. But Celtics were just able to strike a deal at midnight at the day of that trade. They get Porzingis in a deal with the Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies in the trade full fully. It's Porzingis, the 25th pick in the draft from Memphis, and a 2024 first-round pick that is top four protected via the Golden State Warriors that the Memphis Grizzlies had. The Memphis Grizzlies received Marcus Smart from the Celtics. And the Wizards, in return, received Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies, Danilo Gallinari from the Celtics, Mike Muscalis from, from the Celtics, and the 35th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft. Overall, Andrew, after all that to digest, who do you think won this trade currently? And looking at it from all three sides, where do you think all three teams now go from here? The Celtics look like, with this move, seem to be now the favorite in the Eastern Conference. And Memphis, for the time being, looks like has gotten their replacement for John Morant until he comes back from his suspension. So this is what I will say. They had all their point guards were marginally better than one another, whether it was Derek White or Marcus Smart or Malcolm Brogdon. All of them bought, brought something different to the table, but you just can't combine them all into one. What they did do, though, is they got a huge upgrade at the center position. Kristaps uh, is clearly a lot better than Robert Williams and Al Horford, so... They couldn't really increase their um, their guard position, their starting point guard position. Right. But what they could do is really upgrade their starting center, and that's what they did. So I think that's why they're going to be winners of this trade. I think if Malcolm Brogdon went to the, uh, the Clippers, that team could have gotten really interested, interesting because they already had two established, established players on the wing. Their center isn't bad, and they would have had a starting caliber point guard. That could have been really interesting. So I think if that trade happened, I would have said, you know, maybe the Clippers and Celtics are equal in that regard. But uh, Celtics got the best player in the trade. And if he could stay healthy, probably 65 games this year, they're definitely the clear cut winners. And keep in mind, like I said, they had the two first round picks they got in this trade as well. They had the 25th pick in the draft, which turned out to be Mark Sasser from Houston. So that was also involved in the deal. And they get that first round pick in next year's draft. So. They get two first-round picks out of the deal. And listen, at the end of the day, Washington really just had to trade it for practically nothing because Porzingis was going to be a free agent no matter what. He was not going back to Washington. The Wizards at least were trying to get something out of him. 
I like Tyus Jones. I think that's a nice little piece for them. There's another trade that they got involved in, which we'll get into in a little bit. They got some veterans and Gallinari, Muscala, and the 35th pick in that draft. But for the Boston, I mean, this is a big deal for them. I mean, they get Porzingis. You mentioned that they had some issues at center. The question for them is, do they start Porzingis at the four or at the five, considering you had mostly Grant Williams playing at the four. You also had Tatum sometimes playing the four. You had Al Horford sometimes playing there. Does Porzingis just transition back into the playing at the power four and they keep Robert Williams at the five? That's so tough because it depends on what you want to do with Al Horford. If you start Al Horford, I think you run Al Horford at power forward. If you run Robert Williams, I think you put him at center. So I think it depends on um, on who's going to be in that starting five, whether it's Robert Williams or Al Horford. Yeah, and I think now it looks more clear that with the move, you know, you're going to see a lot more of Derek White and Brogdon now playing that point guard position for the Celtics for the for this season. White was a big, you know, a great add as well as Brogdon for the Celtics. Brogdon just had some unfortunate injuries that cost the Celtics in the playoffs, and they really could have used him. But it's a big deal for the Celtics, like I said. I mean, they're going to be definitely the favorite in the Eastern Conference to try to get out of there and go to the NBA Finals. I think I would think right now they are probably the favorite, and I don't think anyone really would argue that. Um, it really depends on what the rest of the East does in this upcoming free agency. But it's a really good trade for Boston. I don't mind Memphis getting Marcus Smart. I do question maybe what they gave up in the deal to get him. But I think Marcus Smart is a good player for them in terms of, you know, you lost Dylan, you're going to lose Dylan Brooks. You're letting him go. But you're going to replace that defense with another guy that is a good defender, especially at the guard position. And he's the guy that replaces John Morant for the time being until Morant comes back from that suspension. I feel bad for him because he bled green the city of Boston and embraced them. And he gets traded. He can't, he he goes to a contender. Don't get me wrong. He's going he to does. a contender. But I, I just feel bad how his tenure ended. Very bad. I, I feel for him. He dyed his hair green. Mm. The city embraced him. He had that gritty personality. Uh, defensive player of the year. One of the best defensive point guards of our generation. And he doesn't get to go out on his own terms. I do feel bad for him there. Yeah, so we'll have to see how he does now in Memphis with a... Uh, a team that still could be contending to make the playoffs, maybe even make an NBA final. I mean, it's going to be tough because the Western Conference is a very, a very tough place to get out of, especially with the Nuggets coming off an NBA championship. But they're going to have to contend with another team that made a big-time trade in the West, and that was the Golden State Warriors acquiring Chris Paul from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Jordan Poole and draft picks. I got to know, Johnson, what do you think about this trade with Chris Paul going to Golden State? It looks like he's going to be now coming off the bench to try to get that first NBA championship. I mean, I think that's where he belongs at this point in his career. He's no longer a starting caliber point guard. He can't stay healthy. I'm not going to diminish his skill or anything because his skill is certainly still very sharp, but it's just about longevity for him. He's going to be, I think, 38, 39 years old. He can't be playing 35, 36 minutes a night. But if you play him 25 minutes a night, it will do less wear and tear on his body throughout the season, throughout the year. He will be fresh and ready for the playoffs. So if he's still ready to go for the playoffs and then you need to play him 35 minutes a night, I think it's a home run deal. Yeah, I mean, I think Golden State at the end of the day, they're just trying to get back to the NBA Finals after losing this past past season to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, let's just face facts. Jordan Poole got that contract. Ever since he got paid, he it just did not work out this past season for him. Really did not show up in the postseason at all. 
Um, he'll get a fresh start down in Washington. He probably will be the face of the franchise for this upcoming season. Um, so we'll have to see how he does in terms of that because he had a very tumultuous season regarding his stuff with Draymond Green, and then I talked about the postseason and everything. But for the Warriors, I mean, you get Chris Paul, a veteran that is looking to get that championship. Could be his last chance to get it. I don't know how much longer he has left in the tank, but if there's anyone to try to get them get him to that championship, it's definitely Golden State, especially Steph Curry. Yeah, no, 100%. Steph Curry is that guy of our generation for NBA championship rings. I know people want to say, oh, it's Kevin Durant, that contract in there. Uh, if you ask the other teams who they plan for, they plan for Steph in those finals and those playoff games. They didn't plan for KD. They planned against Steph. That was always the main focus. So Kevin Durant kind of benefited them there, but I don't. I still think Steph was the guy there because he won one on his own. Uh, going forward, uh, we didn't really talk about who uh, who Washington got for the uh, for Chris Paul, and man, what a fall from grace! Jordan Poole going to the Wizards in that Chris Paul trade. Yeah, uh, like I what said, a fall I think, from grace. I, like I said, I, he had a really tough season in which the Draymond Green stuff happened before the season even started. And then the postseason just was really bad for him overall. He did not show up whatsoever. But like I said, I think going to Washington, he now gets that new fresh start. He, in a sense, you know, could be the face of that franchise considering the Wizards are going to be in a rebuilding mode for the season. Um, that's realistically right now your top face of the team. Um, they also get a first-round pick in 2030 that is currently protected, but – by that time, who knows what the Warriors are even going to be. So that could be something for Washington down the line. But we knew it was kind of coming once Chris Paul went there. He wasn't going to stay there that long. He was not going to be a wizard going into the season. It was just the terms of where he was going to go or if he would be bought out. End of the day, Washington gets that trade, so they did not have to buy him out. So they were able to get some draft picks out of it. They get a new young player in Jordan Poole that replaces a guy like Bradley Beal. So... We'll have to see how it does for Washington, but they're going to be in for a long season. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you. And this is a home run off season and a home run trade for Golden State Warriors. Not only are they getting rid of Jordan Poole's contract, they no longer going to have Draymond Green's contract. So $55, 60 million off the books like that. Well, um, fantastic. I want to ask you with that trade, does that now maybe entice Draymond to go back to Golden State? I, I don't know. That's such a tough. I think we'll we'll go. We're gonna go into our uh, our prediction. We'll get into it a little bit later. I don't know where he ends up. I think his time in Golden State's done because I don't think they're gonna pay him. I don't think so it's either. New, it's new management, and he doesn't have to be the bad guy. It's not like oh yeah, I signed him. Like you know, it's my team now. Uh, I get to make the rules. So if he wants to take the tr- team in a drastically different direction, he's gonna have this is gonna be his first move. I think what you've seen so far from Mike Dunleavy Jr. is, is that. The Warriors are going to be looking to try to change some of the things that they've had in the past couple of years. And getting Chris Paul is step one to that. Um, the My problem with getting rid of Draymond is um, you're going to lose him. You, that would probably mean that you're going to be looking into Kaminga a lot more of getting more playing time this season, which might not be a bad thing overall. Um I just would have a hard time seeing Draymond going somewhere right now, considering some of these teams and their current cap situations. I'm not sure where he would go. He would have to take an exception at this rate to try to go through a team 
that wants to win a championship. Yeah, I don't know what. Do you think Chris Paul finally gets one? Honestly, I I still don't. I I don't like them in the West compared to a team like Denver. I I still take Denver over them, even with adding Chris Paul. I would too. I would too. That's that's the thing. I think they have an outside shot. I if think they, they beat them in a seven-game series. I wouldn't be shocked, but I still think Denver has an advantage, you know, barring injuries. Where do you think this puts them overall, though, in the West? Uh, Are they like, put, I think it puts them above the Suns, to be honest. Does that make them the second-best team in the West behind Denver, or no? I think it makes them number two. Assuming you have to assume Clay comes back to form, right? Or even somewhat back to form. You're going to add Chris Paul, which is a huge addition on your bench. That's going to be your floor general for your second unit. So you're going to pass it off now from Steph Curry to Chris Paul. Even though it's not the Chris Paul of 2009, he is still a very good point guard, and he's still a an all-star caliber point guard, right. at least in this league. So to have him come off your bench and run the second unit, fantastic. More time for Andrew Wiggins. Kaminga is going to improve. Uh, I think adding losing Draymond, if they lose him, I think that's going to be a net positive. So I would I'd put him second. I because again it's in the playoffs. It's about how many players you can play, and not getting tired. And the only other team I think of right now is the Suns, who have three guys. They don't even have a team. They have yeah, the, the Suns have to get a bench. They have all the generated players right now. Yeah, they have to get a bench in order to have any hope. But they don't really have the cast space to really do that. So I don't you know have what guys player... needs feeling like Jello after three or four games of the playoffs because they'd be playing forty four minutes a game. Yeah, and and the and those guys are very you know. They're not uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? They're very prone to injuries. So I don't know how Phoenix does. I think this does help Golden State at the end of the day become one of those top three teams. But I'd still take Denver right now just because the biggest position that Denver has over Golden State is at center. Nikola Jokic is easily going to beat anyone on that Warriors team in terms of – inside the paint. Kevon Looney is not going to stop a guy like Jokic. Yeah, I mean, no one's stopping Jokic. Let's be real no, about this for a second. I agreed. Here. I agreed. I, I, we'll have to see what Golden State can do in the offseason. There's not much they really can after this move, but it really depends on how the rest of the teams in the Western Conference do. The Clippers could be trading Paul George. We don't know what they're going to do. Does Sacramento take a step back after this season? How is Memphis going to do without John Moran for the first 25 games? Where are the Lakers going to be? We don't know if they're going to be a good team or not, if they're going to add someone in the offseason. There's a lot of ifs and scenarios for the Western Conference next year. The only team that right now is in a constant, you know, they're, they're fine, they're going to be good, is Denver. Golden State could be that second-best team just because you know they have Curry, you know they have Clay, they have Wiggins, Kaminga, now they have Chris Paul. The issue is going to be, is going to be injuries. Because those guys have also dealt with injuries. So if they can stay healthy, Golden State by far could be the second best team behind Denver in the Western Conference for the season. Yeah, no, I think you said it best. And I don't think I really need to add any more. I think that was a beautiful summary for this. And I think we can move on to our uh, next topic here. And the John Collins trade. Talk about John Collins here for a second. What do you think? uh, What do you think is going on with John Collins? Well, I think the there was such a rumor for a while that the Hawks were looking into trading John Collins, and that was due to the fact of his contract. He got a five-year, $125 million contract in 2021. Does have a player option in 2025-2026, so still two seasons left with that player option as well. But it give, it's a big trade. It creates a $25.3 million exception 
which is the largest now in the NBA for Atlanta to potentially use in this offseason. So it gives them a chance now to extend contracts for guys like Murray, Onyeko Kongwu, Sadiq Bey, who they got last year. Um, it's just a cap casualty trade for, for Atlanta at the end of the day. They get Rudy Gay from the Jazz as well as a future second-round pick. Collins now goes to the Jazz. I don't. I like the trade for Utah, too, because you have a team that going into the season, you know, you have Walker Kessler, you have Lloyd Marketing, now you add Collins to the team. They could be a fun team to watch. They looked, you know, like they were maybe could potentially sneak into the postseason last year. Just missed out on it. I think Collins could maybe provide them a spark, but I don't know how to really feel about it. I think for Atlanta, it's not a bad trade whatsoever because you get those contract, you get that contract off the board. Now you have cap space. You could do all these contract extensions, or even maybe try to sign a low tier free agent this offseason and try to improve your bench. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the Jazz are gonna be really sneaky good because I still love John Collins. I know he's had a uh, kind of a sour end in Atlanta here, but I think still think he's got a lot of potential, potential yeah. all upside. Look what they did with Lloyd Marketing. He was a guy who was like a fringe, not not fringe rotation player, but uh, I would market him as a high end rotation player, kind of like Aaron Gordon was. And then they unlocked his potential. Now he's an all star. So I think that he can do the same thing with uh, with John Collins there. And I think if you're Utah, that's all you can hope for. You know, you've seen some development with this team start and maybe put the pieces together to try to get back into the postseason. Um, Collins, you're hoping at the end of the day, can be that guy for this team and get them back into the postseason. But they have some, you know, some interesting free agent decisions. I mean, Taylor Horan Tucker's a free agent as well as Jordan Clarkson. Um, they have some pieces there that could get them back into the playoffs. It all is going to be about development. That's what this team is. They're just slowly developing and seeing if they can live up to their full potential or if they have what they had in the second half of this past season, they just collapse. So I'm interested to see how that goes on for them. But I think it's a win-win for both of these teams. I don't think anyone really loses at the end of the day. Um, We'll have to see where they both go from here. Yeah, I guess we will. Uh, only time will tell. So let's go into the uh, next couple pieces before we hit our uh, our free agency practices over here. Chris Milton declining his player option; he will become a free agent. Kyle Kuzma declining his player option, and Bruce Brown declining his player option all become free agents, which I believe leads us to our free agency preview now. Yes, it does. I'll let you take the reins over him here and, and tell the listeners where we're going to start from. Well, we tried this in the NFL offseason, and let's be fair, it didn't really go well for us in terms of picking some of the uh, players where they would potentially go in the offseason. What we're going to try to do is we're going to try to predict where some of these big-time free agents will go in this NBA offseason where they could potentially could sign, maybe a player getting traded. We have one in particular that we talked about during the NBA Finals that may be giving a hint away for that one. Um, but you talked about Chris Middleton, Kuzma, and Bruce Brown. There's some of the big time free, bigger free agents in this upcoming free agency class, and the first one being that is James Harden, who also declined his player option as of just yesterday. He is a free agent. We already knew he was going to do that to begin with. Where do you think James Harden goes? Does he stay in Philadelphia, or is he going back to Houston? I've said it a million times. He's going back to Houston. He's done in Philly. He's coming back to H-Town. 
Okay. Hmm. This is tough because I he built he's built there. The problem with Philadelphia is that they lose Harden, and we talked about this when they lost Game Seven to Boston. If they lose Harden, they're going to be in a bad spot where I don't know what they do. You really rely on Maxi and Embiid next season, and it really hurts you in the Eastern Conference, especially now with Boston getting Porzingis. I, I think I'm tending to agree with you. I think he's going back to Houston. I think what you're seeing out of the Rockets is something really fun. They have a young team. You're going to add a veteran like Harden that can provide some wisdom for those players and get them back into the postseason. Ime Udoka now is the head coach of the team. We saw what he did in Boston. Um, I think it could be a great fit for the Rockets and for Harden to go back there and get them back into the postseason. All right, so we're lining on that one. Let's talk about the next guy, Kyrie Irving. Uh, he's a free agent this time around. He's currently with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to go off on a limb here and saying he's going to stay in Dallas. Uh, I, I don't see where he's going. I think a lot of teams think he's a liability at this point, and he's not going to have many suitors. I don't think teams are going to clear uh, cap space or sign-in trades. That'd be a lot. To get them. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's a tough way to get him out of Dallas. So I think Dallas – has already kind of committed that they want to keep him. So I'm going to say he stays with Dallas. I think the only team you realistically look about trying to get him is the Los Angeles Lakers. The Heat would maybe make a move, but that's another situation, like you mentioned, where you got to do a sign-and-trade. And I just don't think those teams can really do it at the end of the day, which tends me to also agree with you on this one, too. I think he goes back to Dallas and you know keeps the pairing with him and Luka Doncic and... Maybe we'll see if Dallas doesn't have a second half, you know, mishap like they did this past season and try to get back into the postseason next year. Yeah, I feel like it's do or die for Dallas, and I think Kyrie Irving is the answer, so they're going to go all out for him. Now I think this is where it gets interesting because I'm not sure how you think about this. Where do you think Chris Middleton goes? Again, with the cap space, it's so, so tough. I think he stays in Milwaukee. Okay. I I don't see him going. Like, where, like where else does he go at this point? The Bucks That's, are still contending. Right. He's cl- he's clearly still a contributor. It was Giannis that went down. I know he had some health problems, but he was healthy in the postseason, and that's all that matters. Where where would he go? I this is tough because the the whole issue right now with the NBA is this everyone with their their cap space issues. Now, I'm trying to think of some teams that could use a small forward. That would add him. And for some reason, I'm looking at the Indiana Pacers who do have the second highest cap space in this NBA offseason. I just don't know if they would sign him because I don't know if that's the direction of the team that they currently want, if that makes sense. Okay, so what what, what do you think uh what do you think he ends up? I don't know if I want to agree on three for three because that. Would... <laughs> I mean, listen, it's the mushing hour, so it is the mushing hour. That is true. Um, honestly, I think he's at the point where he doesn't want to. He's already got that championship ring. I don't know what his market is. Also, because keep in mind, he's coming off an injury. He didn't really play a lot this season. He had him most of the time was injured. It was playing in limited minutes when he came back. I think that's another big issue that might hurt his market, maybe. 
at the end of the day, which could allow some of these teams to offer him. You know what? I'm gonna say screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have him go to the Indiana Pacers. You know what? I was looking at the Pacers too. I didn't want to say. I feel like that would have been the only other fit. I, I think it's either them or it's easier to go back to Milwaukee. I agree with you. I think the cap space is going to force him maybe to go back there, but I think he's at the point where he's already won that ring. Maybe he wants to try to prove that he could still do it and he could do it on a team that right now is young and is trying to get themselves back into the postseason. So I think Indiana could make a lot of sense for him. Yeah, so I guess uh, I, I mean they still have to clear just a little bit of cap space for him. I know he's gonna try to get that contract. So if he wants to get paid, Milwaukee's probably his destination. But if he wants wants to chill, I guess Indiana. But all right, let's go to the next one with Kyle Kuzma. No longer going to be a wizard. Uh, he's maybe, definitely not going back. <laughs> maybe not. He's probably not gonna be. Uh, he's not going back wizard. there. Where do you think he ends up? That's the problem. He's not. We, this is the one we have to think about because he's definitely not going back. Oh, 100%. So, to me, it's a team that needs a starting caliber power forward. But they also have to have sign-and-trade potential to get him. Right. So, it's it's very tough. You know know, it could be a team? I'm going to say, are you thinking Charlotte? That's not where I was thinking, but I could see that now that you say that. I was thinking Detroit. You know, I wanted to say Detroit, too, but I think they were kind of... um, I don't want to say married to the idea of uh, Isaiah Stewart, but um, if we could run him at center, I could definitely see Detroit. If so, if you want to put down Detroit, I'll take uh, Charlotte. I think the the other issue with Detroit is you look at their team. Also, they have White. They just got Wiseman. They have Isaiah Stewart. They also have Jalen Durant, uh, Duran. So they already have three caliber starting centers and power forwards and, and a, power forwards and or power forwards, and also they have Marvin Bagley too. So I think unless they would move Kuzma to the three. Um, because I think Bogdanovich is probably out of Detroit much rather than like you know sooner rather than later. Now you said Charlotte. Now I'm kind of might be a little bit more tied to that. I mean, Charlotte would have to be a sign and trade. They would have to get they're way over the cap. Probably have to be Gordon Hayward. Yeah, no, Gordon Hayward would have to become a wizard, which would make a lot of sense. I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm gonna say the Pistons. All right, all right, all right. And I'll let you take the next one because I already have an idea where this guy's going. Next one, Draymond Green. Now, there's been a lot of rumors. The rumors of him maybe going back to Golden State. Maybe he goes to Los Angeles to play with LeBron. I could just meme it and say, screw it, he's going to Washington to play with Jordan Poole again. Um, There's been rumors about Dallas as well. This might be another one. I don't think he goes back to Golden State. So, I know. I have an idea. And I, and I have no problem saying it right now. Go ahead. If, if the Portland Trailblazers are not going to trade Dame, he is going to be a Trailblazer. Now, why do you say that? Because that is the exact type of player they need. They need some guy with grit who is not afraid to get his hands dirty, uh, who can pass the ball, who can re- rebound, who can defend, and who's ultimately going to accept scoring four points a game. Because that doesn't happen in, in the modern NBA. Guys don't sign up to score four points a game. Draymond does. And we have already have two primary scorers with uh, Anthony Simons and Dame Lillard. Uh, adding Draymond there, put him along Jeremy Grant at the either forward position. I think, that's a, uh, I think that's a home run. I'm going to say screw it. I think he goes to the Lakers. 
All right, he's going to play for his King LeBron. I think you've heard it so long for LeBron and Draymond teaming up. And I think to your point of how he's going to be perfectly content with scoring that many points, look at the team he's going to go to. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, he's not going to score a lot of points in that team. So I think he'd be perfectly content with that. If he wasn't going to go to L.A., I would lean towards Dallas. But I think L.A. would be a better fit for him. I think he just likes that California aspect. All right. So the next guy we have on our list is good old Russell Westbrook. He is not going to um, he's not going to be. I don't think he's going back to the Clippers. I don't know. It's so tough because they they already tried trading for a point guard. So to me, that's not really uh, saying anything, but he was undoubtedly the best player in the postseason. Oh, he was 100 percent. But I feel like when you trade for some guy like they're trying to trade for Mal, he's a free agent, right? They trade for Malcolm Brogdon falls for like if you're Westbrook's like, damn, that organization tried to trade for another guy. They think he's better than me. So why do I go back there? That's my logic behind it. But I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take this. I think this is a situation where he has to go to a team, if he, especially for him. He hasn't won a championship. It's got to be a team that's on, you know, the cusp of it, right there. He can't. He's not going to make a lot of money doing it. Now, would it be funny to say Philadelphia, considering they're going to lose Harden? That would just be painfully ironic. I could see it happening. The teams I have in mind are Philadelphia. I would love to see him in OKC again for some reason. I know they're not near a championship right now, but I think that would be fun for him to go back there. Um, I'm also thinking Miami because they're looking at point guard. I don't think they're going to be able to get a Damian Lillard trade. I think it's tough for them right now. I don't think they have the assets to do it. Do I? It's tough. I'm going to put him in Miami. Man, you really think Miami? I think Miami. Russell Westbrook seems like that type of player that will want to, you know, he signed with the Lakers, um, then went to the Clippers. I think Miami could get him on, you know, a veteran, like a type of deal that can, you know, is cap friendly and it gives them a chance. It, you know, this team went to the NBA Finals last season. Westbrook wants to play in the NBA Finals. He's only done it once with OKC. Um, this is going to be wild. Yeah. Chicago Bulls. Chicago? Chicago. I, I could see team, it. I don't think any team is going to end up vying for him. And the Bulls are going to get desperate for a start caliber point guard now that Lonzo Ball isn't going to be there. Yeah, Lonzo's career and I, is and looking. I think he's, and I think he's going to be the, uh, the stopgap. It's unfortunate what's happening to Lonzo, too. I mean, his career looks to be... I feel so bad for him. He it has really so looks much like potential. it's coming to an end. He finally leaves LA. He hits his stride. When he's in New Orleans, New Orleans, he's averaging like 15, 6, and 6 on 40% from downtown. He's playing great defense. He's getting a lot of steals. And then, you know, the injuries happen. Yeah. I feel bad for him. I hope he recovers. I know he may, may not play basketball again, but I think everyone's hoping for him. Yeah. You, you would hope to see if he can, you know, get something going for them. Um, Hopefully, Lazo can return from injuries and play basketball again. Because you're right, it would be really terrible to not see him play another game in the NBA. But Westbrook would be that gap to replace him in the time being. So that would be an interesting note to see if Chicago does do that. Um, you have another guard on the free agent list, and we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, Fred Van Vliet. 
leaving the Toronto Raptors. I would think he's not going back to Toronto either. I think he's going to be on a new team. The question is, Johnson, do you think the same? And if so, what team is that going to be? I have a team in mind. I mean, I, I don't know where he goes. Like I said, I'm not a fan of this guy. I think he is a uh, a high-end role player masquerading as an all-star. I, I just don't know who actually needs a starting caliber point guard. Oh, I um, do. Uh, t- Lay it on me. San Antonio Spurs. Man, that would be horrendous. I do not want to see him there. Because the Spurs would pay him the money because they need a point guard. Do you know who the point guard is currently? Uh... I wouldn't be able to tell you. Devontae Graham. Wow. When did he get there? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I think the Spurs. Hey, you know would what? Pay, the- I think the Spurs would pay him the money to be the the point guard. They're a young team. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Now you know what? I think under Popovich's tutelage, I think yeah. he'll be good there. So you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna copy your pick and say San Antonio. Keep in mind, look what Popovich did with DeRozan in San Antonio. He, you know, if one Raptor leads to another Raptor going there, it could work out maybe for Van Vliet. Yeah, maybe. Um, next guy we have on our list is Bruce Brown, which I'm gonna go into immediately. I think he's actually going to get a sign and trade to the 76ers. Oh, okay. He, he's only made 15 million dollars in his NBA career. And I don't think he's going to take the max amount off of by Denver, which is 7.8, because I think he can get probably no, 12 he, to 15 mil. He should get paid for what he did for Denver this season. He uh, had a absolutely. really good postseason. Get paid, and the 76ers kind of need that tweener guard because Harden's not going to be there. Hey, I think he'd be a great fit. You let Tyrese Maxey be the main ball handler, slide him at the two. He'll average 15, 16 points a game. He's not going to be James Harden, but hell, he's a hell of a great stopgap. Hmm. You know what's funny? I, I just saw our list, and now there's another player that I kind of like for San Antonio. Now, kind of regretting my uh, Van Vliet take, but I won't. I won't. Um, I won't second guess it. This is a tough one for Bruce Brown because I could see him going back to Denver, but I think I agree with you in the sense of I think he should get the money he deserves. Um. Hmm. It's tough. This is a really tough one, Bruce Brown. I'm going to say... <laughs> Just put me down for Denver. I don't really have a good team. Put me down for Denver? Okay. Yeah, you can put me down for Denver. I think he he should get paid. I just don't realistically have a great enough answer to give you right now in terms of what team could take him. I like Philadelphia doing that. Um, I'm looking more into um what team what Philadelphia could do in the offseason now after we both said Harden's not going back, and I thought about it a little bit more. Like maybe I maybe I should put Westbrook there to go to Philadelphia instead of Miami. Um, but I think they're gonna find a point guard. I just don't think it's gonna be Brown. I I just not sure what the sign trade would be for Philadelphia if they were to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the sign trade would be. Would it but, be like uh, Anthony Melton? Like yeah, like I think it'd be. I think it'd be bench players. Right. I think it would be bench players and maybe a pick. Okay. That, that's the only way. Uh, I think we spoke about this board, but Nikola Vucevic. Um, I think he's both. We both think he's going back to Chicago, right? Yeah, I, I don't see him leaving Chicago. I, I'd be stunned if he left. And the problem is, I don't know what team he would realistically go to if he did leave. 
Um, I just think it would make no sense for him to leave. I think he's doing good things for the Bulls. Um, they'll they'll definitely pay him. So I I don't think there's really any argument from either one of us. Okay, and next one is Jeremy Grant. I kind of alluded to my pick earlier. I think he's going to stay in Portland when I said the whole Draymond uh, speech, so I won't go into that again. But I right. think he's going to stay in Portland. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards agreeing with that as well. He's, I think he's around 29, 30 years of age. Yes. Probably going to be looking for like a three-year deal, maybe. Maybe longer than that. Um, I'm not sure what teams would really give them give him that type of contract. And I think Portland, at the end of the day, they're just looking to try to keep some of those current players that they currently have for now and try to appease Damian Lillard. So I'll agree with you on that. I'll, I'll like say I said, Portland. If, if they're not trading him, they're building around him one more time. Yeah. Him, like one last dance. That's that's what I look at. Uh, interesting one, D'Angelo Russell. I yeah. will, go ahead. I, I will go out on a limb and say I think he's going to be a wizard. Okay. I think after that... Poor performance in the playoffs with the Lakers. Uh, poor Lakers and poor players tend to go to the Wizards for the next season. So I, it definitely hurt his stock for free agency. Um, I think he's going to go to Utah. I, I thought Utah, but I didn't know what, how he would actually. Fit now, there. when we talked about it, I was after I talked about the. Uh, Fred Van Vliet deal. I'm thinking, man, Russell could have been a good fit for San Antonio, and they probably could have gotten cheap. I think Utah could be better because you look at their team, their point guard right now is Colin Sexton, and, and Sexton's not bad in terms of scoring. He's not a good playmaking point guard. And they're potentially going to lose Jordan Clarkson, potentially going to lose Horton Tucker. They're going to probably need someone to play guard, and I think Russell could be that fit for them. So... And we've seen it before, you know, with Brooklyn. He he thrives on a team where they have young talent and they can try to shock you and make the playoffs. It worked for the Nets. Maybe it can work for the Jazz. I mean, hey, that's a pretty good uh, analysis. I agree with it. Uh, I think he would fit well in Utah. There's um, no offense. There's not much to do in Utah. Salt Lake City really isn't a party town. Well, Um, he needs to stay away from partying after uh, some years in L.A. Yeah, so I think this would be good for him to hone his <laughs> basketball skills there. Yeah. And then I think our final free agent that we have is going to be Kevin Love, who is coming off the, the year where she got bought out and released by the Cavs. Then went to Miami Heat, helped them on their trip to the NBA Finals run. Where do you think he goes? Does he go back to Miami, or does he try to go to another team that looks to win a championship? So I don't think he's actually. I don't know if he's actually looking to win a championship since he already has one. As, as I don't dumb think as so time. either. No, I agree with you. Um, so I think he's going to go for more for fit, and I think he still wants to maybe mentor young players. So this is going to be my hot take. I think Kevin Love right now is an MLE type player, and according to this list, there's really only one team that could offer the MLE, and I think he's. I think he's going to end up as a Rocket. Okay. So Rocket Kevin and the Kevin Rockets. Love. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if he goes to the Rockets, uh, he's hmm. going to come off the bench still, but he's going to be playing with James Harden potentially. And I think they have enough stock to get another good starting caliber player. Maybe not an all-NBA player or all-star like James Harden, 
but another good player. Well, and then you have weak. a young nucleus. You have a young nucleus built around them. Right. So I feel like that would be a really good fit for him, and I feel like the city would embrace him. Yeah, I, I, and he certainly is not going to command for a lot of money because he's he he's near the last step of his career. Um, I agree with you in the sense that he would like to mentor someone because he kind of saw it in Miami. He was mentoring some of those young guys, especially during that playoff run. So I don't mind that. I'm trying to think of a team that would work out for him. Um, it would be fun to say Minnesota and bring him back there too, but I don't think they can offer. I don't think they can bring him in. Um, I mean, uh, uh, it's not. I don't see you think. I think a Minnesota reunion would be cool, but I, I, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think he would do it. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to do it. Maybe in a year or two. I'm thinking. I, I'm kind of. Carol Love seems like that guy that wants to play, maybe in a big time city. Am I wrong to think that? He does. That's why I said Houston. So. It kind of makes me want to say, a team, like, um. I would say maybe the Clippers or the Nets, maybe. The Nets are going to be interesting because oh, I think... Oh, that'd be so terrible. I don't want to see Kevin Love in New York, please. I, I think the... Well, do you want me to say the Knicks? Uh, no, I don't want to say It would make no sense for the Knicks to do that. Um, now, you know what? Kevin Love looks like a Chicago Bull. I'm gonna put Chicago. He Man, just going to Chicago. Yeah, he, you know he the just, gritty guy towards the end of his career. Yeah, like that, he just seems that, like a bull. And, and they have Patrick Williams. He can mentor Patrick Williams. You know what? I, I I'll go stick with Chicago. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that kind of sums us up there. And uh, Kevin Love becoming a bull or a rocket would be uh, something to see here. And then I think we're both pretty much kind of agreeing that I think right now Damian Lillard. Oh, he's going to stay. He's going to stay. probably going to stay right now with Portland. If he was to get traded, it's either going to be at the deadline, which I don't think is going to happen at all. It would probably be next offseason. Because I feel like it's going to be like a wizard situation where they're going to finally realize, you know what? You're right. It's not working. We got to trade you. Um, I think they'll go, I think they'll go one more year with Dean and see how it goes with, you know, Henderson and Simmons and potentially some of these guys that we mentioned in this free agency that they got guys like maybe Jeremy Grant to go there. You mentioned Draymond Green. They got to try to appease Damian Lillard at some some point. They missed the playoffs the past couple of years. They got to get back there to try maybe keep them there, but they're running out of time. And I think eventually he's going to want to X out, but he just hasn't X'd out yet. He's he's willing to stay committed. But he's already said he doesn't want to be around a team that is a bunch of young players. He wants to be around some veterans that want to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Of thing. I think if Portland really commits to it, he's going to stay there. And I think if they do that in the offseason, I, I think they would definitely keep him. But I don't know where they go. I think right now, I think, time will tell. I, I think Miami just doesn't have the assets right now to get him. That's been the problem. 
yeah, that's going to be the big problem. And uh, that's why, I mean, we really need an expansion team. That's a whole other um, conversation to get these players paid more because this whole cap situation is now pretty dire. Yeah, Vegas and Seattle, they very could be very soon because, we, like we said, we looked going into this, this podcast about what the cap space was. A lot of teams are in the negative, and I think adding two teams potentially could help the NBA in the sense of getting these teams some talent in order to get to the playoffs and potentially win an NBA championship at the end of the day. So, like you said, only time will tell, and we'll see what happens. For, for Friday, free agency will start in the NBA officially. So hope, We'll have to see if there are any big-time moves at the end of the day. And if there will be some major shakeups in the NBA going into this 2023-2024 NBA season. So make sure to tune in next week to see if there are any breaking news in the NBA offseason. As we'll be sure to break them down and see how they overall impact this year in the NBA. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. A great NBA draft once again. Some non, you know, nice... Young, developing rookies potentially could be happening in the NBA. We'll have to see how they do. And we'll have to see how free agency goes at the end of the day and how these teams can improve their team in order to win an NBA championship. This has been Nicholas Bavona alongside Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.